The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. This story came from my Havruta in Lakewood, Danny Masri, many years ago, telling it over to me firsthand as it happened to his parents many, many years ago. But open your hearts, you have to hear this story. And this will give you a new perspective to all and each of the little details that we give so much emphasis on the table to. Look at the koach. Look at the significance behind everything we do, the night of the Lel Seder. One year, the Masri's tell me that they had a situation on their hands that they just didn't know what to do. They live on East 10th Street, and their home is lined up where the back of their home is facing Coney Island Avenue. The back of their home was back-to-back with one of the stores, the storefronts of Coney Island Avenue. It happens to be that only a month and a half before Pesach, that storefront was leased to a Russian from the Russian Mafia. And they opened up a bar on Coney Island Avenue. And now the poor Masri family, their home back-to-back with a boisterous, loud bar where the music was blasting and blaring every night till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And when they put on those heavy bass, hoofers, woofers, whatever they call it, the music was so powerful that the Masri home, literally, the walls of their home would shake every night. And yes, they would call the police and they would beg them, please, can you go next door? We have kids at home. Nobody can sleep. The music is blasting. But somehow or other, the people who ran this bar, not exactly from the most reputable, they had some in with the police station. And every time the police was called, they went through the motions, but they really didn't do much. And here, night after sleepless night, they had to listen to the blasting of music and the yelling and the screaming and the partying going on in the bar right behind their home. The Masseries were literally, they just didn't know what to do. Well, they're going to sell their house. They lived in this home for so many years. What are they going to do? They can't live. Well, the days, the weeks wound down, right up to Pesach. And there, the Masseries, that night, the night, the first night of the Chag, came to Shul. And right after Arbit, right after Halel, it was there that they saw that there was an older man, someone new to the community, that they bumped into and they asked him, tell me, are you looking for a place? They saw the man wasn't going anywhere. The man said, well, uh, I was invited by a certain family, but there must have been a miscommunication. They didn't show up to shul. So uh, I don't know where they live. And apparently nobody here in the shul knows who they are. So I'm a little bit stuck. So Rabbi Master said, Perfect! <laughs> this is Pesach night. Now, finally, all these years when I said, I can actually show that I meant it. Please, come home with us. And the old man agreed. He came over home with them that night. They all sat down to a beautiful Pesach Seder. Children b'nei Torah. And they began such a beautiful night together. And just as they began the Magid, 
the music behind the house in the bar began to blast. The table was shaking. The arbakosot was shaking. The house was literally shaking back and forth. People on the table trying to discuss the Haggadah couldn't even hear one another, let alone the young children trying to give over Manishtana. This was a catastrophe. They were so upset. There was a look on Rabbi Masri's face like, wow, what are we supposed to do? Even a Pesach we can't celebrate because of this Makkah right behind us. The cops already don't even want to hear from us anymore. They told us don't even bother calling us anymore. What are we going to do? This is not a way to live. And this is our Pesach. The old man, he turned to them and said, I, I see that this is really bothering you and I don't blame you. And I could see that the whole house is vibrating back and forth because of the loud music. Listen, I have a wonderful idea for you. Come, come. Let's continue. Let's continue the Haggadah a little bit. Let's come up to the Asara Makot, the Eser Makot. When they came up to the Makot, now every family has their minhag. Some people, they'll spill out of the cup, ten drops, dam, tzvardea, kenim, arob. Some families, with their pinky or their finger, they'll take a drop off one at a time as they're reciting the ten Makot, dam, tzvardea, kenim. But one thing is certain. In all communities, we all have heard be careful where you drop those drops, because those drops, they symbolize makot. And every year we collect those drops in those drip basins, the little plates, the saucers underneath the kos. And we gather all those drops together, and we give it to the mother of the home, and she quickly runs, and she makes sure not to spill, and she brings it to the bathroom and puts it in the toilet and flushes it down. And many families say, don't even look at it. Don't even come near it. Some people, some people think that this is a little bit much. But the old man turned to Rabbi Mastery that night and said, listen to me. After we do the makot and we all drip out of our cups, the ten drops, dams, kenin, let's bring all those makot drops together. And after they brought all the makot drops together of wine, they turned to Danny, my Havruta, and they told him, listen, the old man said to take these Makot drops, run around the corner to Coney Island Avenue, and drop the Makot drops on the front step of the bar. And as you're pouring the wine out on the front step, quietly just say, Dam, Tzfardea, Kenim, Arob, Deber, Shechin, just drop it out. They all looked at the old man. They said, come on. you got to be joking. No, no. I'm very serious. Okay. What did they have to lose? They had nothing else. So quickly they gathered all the drops of the Makot drops of wine, put it in a little small basin of wine, handed it to my Havruta. He ran around the corner. He waited for a moment when there was nobody by the front door of the bar on Coney Island ran up to the front step and started to drip out the makot drops of wine. Dam, tzvardea, kenim, arob. And he dropped it all out. And it's at that moment that he quickly turned around, ran back to his house, 
Everyone said, no, you did it. Yes, yes, I did it. Okay. He comes back to the table and sits down. And as best as they could, they continued. They continued the Haggadah. About 45 minutes later, when they finally came up to Shulchan Aruch, and they started the Suda of the night, suddenly that loud, vibrating music came to a sudden stop. And it seemed to be quiet for a moment. But wait, there was a sound. There was a sound hovering above head that they heard, but now the house was shaking again, but not from music, but from helicopters above head. The entire Masri family comes running outside, and they look up, and there they see police helicopters with spotlights. And the spotlights were all in their backyard. The spotlights, police helicopters, were directly beamed onto the bar. And suddenly they start hearing yelling and screaming. Danny Masri tells me he runs around the corner and this is what he watched. He watched as there, there was a SWAT team in a black van that jumps out and they started shooting gas canisters into this bar and people starts running out from the bar, yelling and screaming and coughing and as the people came running out, the police grabbed each and every one of them and arrested them. And after they shot in the gas, they shot in some other type of propeller or canister and a different smoke type of a gas and tear gas. And as they're shooting in the stuff, in his mind he's saying to himself, Dam Tzvardea Kinim Arov Dever Shechim Wah! They were getting the makot one after the next. Till finally he ran up to the lieutenant and said, What's going on? What's happening? Lieutenant Luke turns to him and says, This bar over here? Well, it wasn't real bar. It was only a front for the narcotics that was going on in the back. We were after these guys for a long time. And tonight we finally nabbed them. Tonight we got them. And everybody watched as the head of this bar, with all of his cronies, were taken out in handcuffs. And the bar was locked down never to be opened again on that night of Pesach. And it was at that night that the entire Masri family, smiling and laughing, they said to themselves, that's it. We thought they were just little drops. The stuff that we used to joke about. But even to the smallest drop of the Lel Seder, there's such meaning. There's such koach and power. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.